Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, I will read these words that we just read, these, these last few words. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Sola gratia. How can we describe this incredible thing called gratia, grace? A long time ago, the brother of my great-great-grandmother was a minor official in a local military unit in Mecklenburg, Germany. One day while he was on a military exercise in the field, up came an officer riding upon a horse, and his horse was limping. Without thought, he ran over to the horse and picked up the wounded leg of the horse, and he saw a stone in its hoof. He dug out the stone and, without any sense of reward, resumed his position. The man on the horse looked at him and said, that was your lucky stone. It was Kaiser Wilhelm, the later Emperor Wilhelm, and he promoted him within his Russian army, he became aide-de-camp to the Kaiser, which then made it possible for him to eventually, at the end of his career, rise to the rank of general in the Prussian army. We might be able to say, quite honestly, that he earned this promotion and he was quick thinking, and by virtue of his action, his deed, his, his reward was well deserved. But if this had happened completely apart from having done anything to help or to serve the Kaiser, yet the Kaiser chose him and promoted him apart from anything that he had done, then we would say that his promotion was by grace. As we all know, grace simply doesn't happen in the world of men. Our world operates by works and merit. So grace can only happen in the kingdom of God. That is why we marvel and rejoice at this biblical and Lutheran teaching called grace alone. It is incomprehensible that God would bestow upon us all the treasures of heaven without us having done anything to earn or to deserve these treasures, without even having removed a stone out of God's hoof in his horse, without having earned our way with holy living. To make his grace even clearer and greater in our eyes, God has chosen to give his grace to people who most earnestly are not worthy of it. God simply gives the gifts of forgiveness and life and salvation completely apart from anything that we have done. As we reflect upon our text, which tells us not to worry, we must ask ourselves, what does grace have to do with worrying? But let's be honest, we do worry, don't we? We worry so much about our bodily and daily needs of life that we don't 
take much time to worry about our souls. The need to know and love God, the need to have a clean conscience through God's forgiveness, the need to have the hope of eternal life in the presence of God. So, so, weighed, so weighed down are we to the idea that we must be masters of our own success that we worry about the smallest little details of life, like what to eat and drink, what clothes we're supposed to be wearing. We worry about success in a competitive world. We get so consumed with these things that we lose sight of the greater gifts of God that are not obtained by work or merit, but solely by God's grace. They come not by anything we have done, but as a gift of God to undeserving sinners. Only God's grace can dispel anxiety and worrying because it gives us something far higher, far greater than the mere things of this world. It gives us a gracious God who rules and guides and governs this world, who knows us personally and knows and understands every single one of our needs. We talk about God's grace in that memorized explanation to the three articles of our Apostles' Creed. Our confirmands know them, I'm sure, by heart. He has given me my body and soul, my eyes, ears, members, and so on and so forth. All this we say purely out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. And we go to the second article, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And then we come to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Uh, it is all by grace. God's heavenly gifts given freely to the unworthy and the undeserving. Martin Luther wrote in his commentary on the book of Jonah these words. He said, I remain in the kingdom of grace when I do not despair of God's mercy. No matter how great my sin may be, but resolutely pin my mind and conscience to the belief that there is still grace and forgiveness for me, even if the wrath of God and that of all creatures would threaten to consume me, and even if my conscience would bear out this wrath and say that the supply of mercy is exhausted and that God will not forgive me. He says, resolutely pin my mind and conscience to the belief that there is still grace and forgiveness for me. Listen to those words. He goes on to say, this is no longer human righteousness based on our works and power, but it is an angelic, yes, a divine righteousness based on faith and spirit and devoid of any works. It clings solely to grace, and this no work is able to do. 
For all this takes place in the heart and conscience where no work and where no work can enter. We must go back to our text where Jesus tells us to lay up treasure for ourselves in heaven where he says no thief comes near and no moth destroys. He adds, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is it like to live free of anxiety when we are under grace? Let's go back to that soldier who was promoted to the Prussian army. A few years later, he was the commander of a unit of soldiers in a war against Austria. It was in Bavaria. That day, with a small group of soldiers, he had captured the fortress in Kombach, a city that was there in northern Bavaria. This drew the attention of the commander of the Austrian army, and soon thereafter, the entire Austrian army of thousands was lined up to make an assault and to take this fortress from a handful of men. The Prussian soldiers prepared to die. But just as the Austrians were getting ready to charge, they suddenly stopped. The Austrian emperor had declared an eight-day ceasefire. All done by somebody else without any work or merit or doing on his part, his life came to be saved. That is how grace works. God has, completely apart from us, put away our sins through the work of what Christ did for us there at the cross. The devil, our adversary, has been conquered. The war is over. Satan no longer has the power to accuse our conscience, for the blood and the forgiveness of Christ sets us free from the accusation and power of sin and death. The world may look, at, look to us as though we are under siege, but we're not. The war is over. The battle's done. God has in Christ put away all sins, and he has done this as a gift of grace without any merit or worthiness on our part. That grace comes from heaven. Put your treasure there. And with all the saints of Christendom, join in the chorus of praise. Solus Christus, sola scriptura, and sola gratia. It is all by grace and grace alone. Amen. May this peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.